Hello, and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by Father Bouquet, our president. Hello, um, Father. Good to see you, be with you again, Colleen, as always. <laughs> yes, it's so good to be here again with you, Father. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the story of Kermit Gosnell, the abortionist from Philadelphia, whose story has been the topic of a book, a movie, and now a podcast. So we're going to jump into that because, Father, your article this week was on, or last week was on Gosnell. So what motivated you to write about him <laughs> why did well i think you know since the the, the overturning of roe and in, in casey uh, that obviously the whole abortion uh, narrative is out there you know from both sides of the aisle so those advocating for those of us who have been ab- uh, working for pro-life movement and pro-life cause and defending human life that it's it's good for us to remember that the gosnell story is one that speaks for itself as a story, but that is repeated, you know, in the the fact that we still have abortion in many of the states. We have abortionists performing abortions in these states, and that there are many people around our country who don't even know anything about Gosnell, much less about the people in their own neighborhoods, which is what happened here too. You know, people driving by, walking by, never knowing what's happening inside those doors. And I think that the story itself of Gosnell you know, brings that story back to the forefront, keeps it up in, 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 in people's minds and hearts, uh, even though the social media doesn't pick it up in modern day media. But the podcast, you know, series puts it back out there. And I think that also I'm hoping what it'll do is it'll put in the mindset of other people in states where abortion is still legal. You know, is this happening in my neighborhood? You know, is there an abortion facility nearby my home? If so, what am I doing about it? You know, am I making people aware of it? So, that was the whole intention behind my reason to to bring the story, you know, into into a spirit and life column. Well, and like you just mentioned, there is a new true crime crime podcast about it for any of our listeners who want to go a little further into this topic or who are interested. Um, produced by Anne McElhaney and her husband Phelan McAleer. I think I said that properly. <laughs> um, and she also wrote a book, and there's a movie about it. So there's a lot of information on this topic, and. Um, So we'll discuss a little bit of the story today, but for anybody who wants to go deeper into that, I'll link at least the podcast, and if I can find links to the others, put those. And Colleen, what I would add is that I know that I've written on on, on Gosnell many times. I know Dr. Mm -hmm. Brian Close, you know, has written many articles, or we've made reference to, you know, to Gosnell many times. So even Mm -hmm. on HLI's own resources, you know, if people kind of come to our website and kind of put put the name in there in a search engine, it should bring up some other stories and some other history and Mm -hmm. other writings that have happened by HLI authors. So it's, uh, but like I said, it's just, uh, (laughs) we're making reference with those wonderful podcasts and Mm -hmm. the movie itself will put a lot more detail and a lot more content uh, of what he was actually doing. So yeah. so it's great that people have many resources to go to the, to learn about this man. Well, and that's what that's one of the points that we had was that this is a case that has been very well researched. So unlike the undercoverness that happens with a lot of abortion facilities, this right. is one that's very much out there in the open. It's been like you said we have research, um articles about it. There's right. been journalists that have covered it. And even back when it was a case back in forget the year, I want to say 2011 or sometime right. around then. It was actually covered by mass media because right. back then it was, you couldn't really avoid it. Exactly. So they don't talk about it anymore. But. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, let's just jump right in a little bit of the story of Gosnell. Who was he? What does, what's the vague storyline? Sure. Of- <laughs> so just kind of a, try to put it into a little nutshell. So we're back now to, you know, 1972, you know, it's kind of back up in time, you know, so uh, Dr. Kermit Gosnell, so MD, you know, has been really active in the abortion conversation for decades. 
And so when abortion became legal, you know, this is something that he was engaged in. But as you will find, as our leader, our readers and listeners, you know, to the podcast series will find, is, you know, uh, Gosnell was really followed by the uh, uh, D, uh, DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. I'm going to make sure I got my uh, little letters in there, what it means. Um, you know, because there were allegations at the time about him... Uh, uh, you know, distributing uh, opiates and other drugs, uh, and not only performing abortions and mm-hmm. performing procedures. And so uh, his name was well, in a sense, known, you know, mm-hmm. within within the local police, among the local agencies, uh, in the community. So we had stories of him where women who had gone in, you know, for, uh, for an abortion, you know, were maimed, were harmed. Uh, a lot of times this was, uh, as we know, with the abortion industry, involves a lot of minority women uh, in, uh, in poor situations in, in their communities. Um, and so these stories were circulating all over. And so this is what was happening in that moment. So what, what brought him to the forefront really was not, sadly, sadly, not mm-hmm. the issue of abortion, not the issue of the maiming of women and harm, harmful procedures done to women. But what would happen with these uh, distribution of drugs? You know, a drug dealer basically is what we're talking about here, and this is what came brought the the thing forward. But as the podcast series will show, and the book and the movie shows, is it just kept being pushed to the side, mm-hmm. pushed to the side. And as um, uh, you know, Miss Ann in in the in the podcast makes note of, is of course kind of reading in, you know, what kept it silent? And of course, they knew that if much of the story would come out, not just about the drugs and the uh, and the other, but if the other issues came to the forefront, Colleen, then it would expose the abortion industry. And as we know, with liberal media and the progressive mindset, that's the thing they do not want in the headlines. And so really, he, he kept getting underneath the wire, being excused, being dismissed, uh, until it reached uh, an elevation that it could no longer be dismissed. And so um, I think that the, the background here is the story unfolds as time looks backward and then data and material and publications and people talking. So staff members talking, you know, former clients that went to the so-called clinic, you know, themselves harmed by him. And what they realized when they finally, you know, got into the so-called clinic and, uh, and realized that he had collected pictures, he had taken pictures, he had kept specimens of human beings. He, uh, I mean, it was just, uh, as I use in the column, it was the word macabre doesn't even capture what they mm-hmm. found. You know, uh, and the idea here is, that's why I say it's a serial killer. That's mm-hmm. why I named it this way. You know, because sadly, many of the little boys and girls that um, that died in this situation, there are many, that's why it's uh, uh, hundreds, thousands that have lost their life at his hands that were never recognized in the legal system because abortion was legal. So it brought this to the case where obviously were those children that were born in, uh, and left to die. And those are the ones that, that the media picked up on and the news media uh, news picked up on, the legal system picked up on, that he and his staff let die. So mm-hmm. a baby was born. Or actually killed. Or killed, as like, one of the stories showed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't always just that they were just left to die afterwards. Some were actually, actually murdered. murdered. Well, exactly. I mean, he murdered all of them, but right. after they were born, he exactly. murdered them. <laughs> so that's why you serial killer. So people might say mm-hmm. when they look at the column and they say, why is Father using that terminology? Because, you know, here is a person who's had a long history 
of of harm and uh, mm-hmm. taking the lives of, of of people preborn and and born and it's important that you know he's not labeled that way they don't i labeled him this way mm-hmm. and the idea is that because look at his history i mean we could be talking about any other person in history you know who um uh, you know ted bundy and many others that i mentioned jack the ripper we talk about this man is no different you know, and, and what he's left in his trail and the amount of lives that have been lost, maimed, harmed, suffered, all because of this man. And uh, and the realization he was literally let go. And- he listened to the stories about him. Like, I remember scenes from the movie and having listened to some of the podcasts, too. Just such a twisted mind. Like, he was like, I think when they came to arrest him, he was like, oh, I have to feed my turtles. And then, mm. so he cared for his turtles and he had his cats, but like nothing was cared for. And yet he was murdering children. It was this very, you listen to the story and you can tell that there's something very dark and twisted going on. And even even the staff, Colleen, you know, thinking, you know, thinking I've done nothing wrong. Even when he's interviewed mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, in the podcast will yeah. show that interview and that he really still, and he's in jail, has a lifetime sentence. So he's still with us. And, you know, you, you look at this and he really thinks that, you know, he's done nothing wrong. And many of the staff that were, some of the staff interviewed would repeat the same thing. You know, why? Because the mindset was abortion is legal, you know, and uh, we were performing, quote unquote, medical procedures. You know, this is how they, they, they create this mindset. So it's understandable. You know, I, I remember telling, talking to, uh, one day to one of our, another pro-life leader, and I said, you know, when you, when you encounter people like Gosnell and you encounter people like him all over the world, maybe not in the the same scenario, but nonetheless, you know, taking the life of innocent human life. You know, they go home every evening to, quote, a normal lifestyle. They go to the restaurants, they go to the movies, you know, they go to the grocery store. Uh, most people would not even know them, you know, walking in these environments. Like they're like, they act and, and live like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but yet every day they go in and they take the life of an innocent human life. And so it's uh, it's it's a mindset that you know to, to, that they create, and obviously Gosnell still has it. What did I do wrong? What did, you know? In his when abortion, you know, yeah. about, he what did I do wrong? Yeah, well, and legally he ha- also committed crimes, if I remember correctly. Right. He, I believe there was at least one woman who died at his hands, and That's then correct. children who had been born and were murdered correct after they were born from a legal perspective those actually counted and that's why he's serving why like you said exactly and, a lifetime or plus three all the drug issues sentences. yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> i mean said he'll never see daylight mm-hmm. outside of the prison yeah um and then i guess we just covered this a little bit but the outcome of the case is that he is in jail now and um brought a lot of attention to abortion and abortionists and at least in his case what was going on and hopefully i think it shed light for other people hopefully taking a step back and questioning what's going yeah. on in my community yeah, absolutely um, i mean i can tell you i've uh, been to a number of uh of, of abortion f- facilities what they would call a clinic you know mm-hmm. i would never like how do i even using that word because it doesn't you know serve human life it takes human life and but it's in pristine neighborhoods in some cases. In some places, as we know, it's in really you know low-income areas. It's in you know minority uh, environments, and and uh, so. But I've been to places that you know that are lined up. You know, there's a dentist office, there's a you know a pharmacy, and right in the middle is this building like no other, like all the other buildings. Mm-hmm. And people walking by, driving by every day. Matter of fact, I know one you know up in Maryland uh, that I had visited a number of years ago, not far from a church. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I knew one also right. that was right down the street from most three churches. Would, and most people wouldn't even know it's there because it fits 
right inside all the the, the, the decor and environment of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And yet right inside, if I remember the place I'm thinking about, and maybe we're thinking of the same no, place, but, but it had a, a little incinerator. So in the afternoons, they would, quote, burn, you know, the remains. And people didn't even know this was happening. Mm-hmm. And so, I, 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 Colleen, I mean, I, I think what's so important with remembering the story is to do exactly what you just said. And I, and I said earlier, and that is, you know, to, to keep it in the mind. Mm-hmm. Not only for us in the pro-life movement, I mean, we've tried many times, along with other pro-life leaders, you know, to have the pro-abortion side denounce people like this. I mean, mm-hmm. when you, you look at the conditions of, of these so-called clinics, you look at the very instruments like they, they exposed in here, rusty instruments, you know, the, the, the equipment being used itself, you know, should raise alarm that this is not health care. This is not how, you know, a, a permit should be given to someone to, uh, to, to even consider themselves a clinic in this way. And we never get support from the other side. You know, even as they see the harm being done to women, even as it's exposed and ambulances are driving by, you know, coming to these places, you know, and the other side just sits back all because of their ideology, you know, their golden calf. You know, we can do nothing to stop it, nothing to harm it, even when truths like this come to the surface and exposes the horror that happens uh, every day in these places and in how many times women are put in great harm's way you know, like Gosnell himself was mm-hmm. doing to, our, to to women and harming women. And the other side just turns a blind eye. They just literally mm-hmm. ignore it. The media turns a eye, blind eye to it. You know, our current, you know, progressive uh, uh, government turns a blind eye to it. We need, that's why this is important to keep it out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful, you know, that podcast is back out there. I mean, are out there now, the series is out there. Keep the story alive, keep it alive and it'll help people to stay mindful of it. Mm -hmm. And that's why, going back to what you were just saying about turning a blind eye, that's part of the reason he got charged with drugs first. That's what brought it to the surface. I don't, I believe that he hadn't, there had been like no inspections and all of that that were like supposed to be happening. Correct. Um, But I, I guess like, I mean, I would say, Colleen, there, yeah. there are things like that in other states, too. I've seen it yeah. in other states. Even my own home state was one that I'm thinking of right now. And I understand that, it. well, now in, in the state of Louisiana, abortions are illegal. So, But I remember one in the Baton Rouge community that just very similar stories about the, the, the environment, the situation inside the so-called clinic, you know, the, um, the hazards that were there that were putting women in greater harm. But again... You know, people just kind of turned an eye, you know, so, so-called, so you know, permits and, uh, you know, assessing evaluations all seem to you know, kind of get pushed to the side and all because, oh, we have to have abortion. We have to have abortion. You know, we can't do anything to, to, to stifle the, the right to abortion. You know, so Gosnell, the situation, you know, is people will say, oh, that's an extreme. I disagree. You know, it may have some extreme look to it because of all the other circumstances that go into it, the drug issues and so forth. But this is a story that could be told in many states mm-hmm. among many of those performing abortions and making these, these, this uh, available. So it is important to keep the story alive. It is important to keep people aware of it. It is important for us to be investigating. And, you know, we should hold the local medical uh, association in the states that are responsible for permitting, responsible for evaluating, responsible for granting the, the ability of a license. You know, that. Sh- so for example, this has been the argument, Colleen, by many in this for a long time. If you were a medical doctor and, uh, and working in any, any clinic, any situation in private practice or any clinic, you would be held to a, a, a certain standard 
to receive a recognition, permit to operate, a license to operate, and so forth. But that same standard is not applied in most cases to those performing abortions. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, there's a substandard way of that's being that's present and uh, and so why isn't it equal i mean it is if this is a quote unquote true health care facility then why is it not held to the same degree and same accountability and same transparency as every other health care facility and let's be honest it's not yeah. um, another thing that you mentioned in your article was that people are very uncomfortable talking about the crimes that he committed. And do you want to just elaborate on that a little bit of why even the children that got murdered after they were born, why people don't want to talk about that? Yeah, I think it just continues to, you know, because this is the, uh, I mean, it's the golden calf, you know, for those of the progressive movement mm-hmm. and, and the whole sexual revolution. I mean, abortion is the very top of their pyramid and anything that threatens it, anything that has a potential to threaten it. Look at David Daleiden. You know, the reality is we have proof, physical proof, you know, and videos and, and, and dialogue and recorded conversations and a litany of things, not just from David, others, you know, I mean, Lila Rose and many of the work that she's done over the years. And, you know, and there's so many like that, you know, and yet even that gets pushed down, you know, oh, it's uh, it's only this one case, but, or they try to just minimize it in the sense of given it no opportunity in the, in the news. Take it from the articles, editorials are pulled, you know, no video was ever shown. Why? What, what, what is, I mean, this is what's out there. Why are we afraid to do it? So this is what's the mindset. So you, even the current situation with Gosnell's story being retold again, mm-hmm. the podcast, you know, you, would that ever make a headline? Is that ever going to get in the local uh, New York Times, Washington Post? I mean, you know, is it going to be an editorial anywhere? Probably not. You know, it's, it, it may show up a little bit uh, in, in, in places on the 10th page in the newspaper or maybe, uh, you know, somewhere a, a slight mentioning uh, that. But we need to keep it in front. But that's the mindset. I mean, it, because if anything that puts any potential threat, I mean, right now, let's look at this in um, HLI. How many of our, us as pro-life uh, leaders in, in, in uh, apostolic works are being denied access in the social media? We put anything out there that goes against their narrative. We are the ones that are reprimanded. We're pulled. Our stories are pulled. Our 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 program is denied. You know. Uh, so this this is how that's how the side is working. So this is what we're up against. This is why you know uh, all of us are searching for new social platforms, new ways to to have a story that we can substantiate, we can prove that be able to have access. But there is a, a, a full blown intention to keep the story out of the headline. And the media is complicit. They are completely in this game and, uh, and they have their, 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 their hands are covered in blood as well because they are hiding these stories and they don't want it known. I really liked the point you made in the article about how the children that were murdered right after birth, like if it had been minutes later, it would have been considered legal. And I think you pointed out that out as one specific thing that people makes them uncomfortable and they don't want to exactly. talk about. And exactly. it's just makes you question, right? maybe few minutes before that shouldn't be legal maybe right. maybe it should never be legal but doesn't, doesn't, but doesn't it show the arbitrariness of how yeah. we treat human life because you know in the real world mm-hmm. you know that a person can choose to have an abortion up until the time of birth you know uh, the moment a child is born that child must be cared for and treated like you and i would be treated so that's arbitrary because we've determined a point when life has value and life does not have value 
the same way it's arbitrary that one woman can say that my baby has a, is, is a human being and has value, and another woman can say, I know it's a human being, but no value, I can terminate. So it, it does, it does push, you know, and I think that, you know, when you, at the end of the article, when I talk about how the media, you know, did, those who did kind of open their eyes, how uncomfortable it made them with that reality, that, you know, this baby was, uh, you know, child that was born was just put to the side of the room, left to be dehydrated, left, you know, to be unfed, died, you know, in this room. Or, as the story reveals, particularly of Gosnell, how, you know, a neck, a neck is cut, you know, and I don't want to be too gruesome with all that, but it's, it's, it's this, is, this is the reality. So this is what he's in prison for, you know, but just split seconds, minutes, you know, the difference between, because there should be hundreds, thousands that he should be in charge with, mm-hmm. that he took the life of. You know, and and I, and I think this is the this is the thing that you know, uh, uh, Father Marks, like so many in the pro life movement in those early days, and we still use it, the silent scream. You know, I just heard a story just recently, you know, of a of a legislator uh, that uh, a pro life leader uh, and uh, this person, this legislator, was really pro- advocating for abortion and really leaning that in direction, and this person wrote that legislator and said, you know. I think that you're you're being governed by emotion and by the emotions of others before you make your final decision about what you think your vote should be and how you should advance. Why don't you go see what an abortion is? Watch Silent Scream or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Never heard back from them, but a year or so goes by and they hear back and they did exactly that and they changed their position. Wow. So the reality that this is a human life that's undeniable the reality that this human life has value as you and I, absolute. When you see it, I mean, when you go back to, you know, to, uh, uh, to many others who have converted from the other side, it's the human reality that brings them over to, to see it. I mean, how many people sit in, in some of these places all doing administrative work, but eventually they, they're called into the room, can you help me with something? Mm-hmm. You know, Christine Hawkins comes to mind. You know, would you help me with this? And reality hits. So I, I think that's why they keep it out the limelight. That's why they keep the stories hidden. They, they, they know, just like with ultrasound, you know, that's why they fought so tirelessly, you know, to keep it out of the mix, you know, because expose the humanity of the child, expose the, the humanity of the child. And I think when, when people can't imagine their, their child, their son, their daughter being left to the side of a room, it, it, it pricks hard. Mm-hmm. So, but that conscience should be pricking, be pricked a lot further in. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why we got. That's what we're doing. What we're doing that right now, right now, Colleen is just talking about it. Do you know? We know our listeners, but we're hoping that maybe someone that may not necessarily agree with us in this moment, but may listen and may go and look, and they may real come to realize, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, and come back, come to the defense of life. Mm-hmm. That's always our hope. And it's nice that there's, for people that are listening who want to be able to share this story with people that may not agree, like maybe pro-choice or whatever, it's nice that there's resources like this podcast or the movie or things where, like, at least I'm guessing I'm thinking about the podcast. Crime podcasts are, like, all over. Everyone listens to them. And so something that's engaging, that's well-researched, that tells a horrific true story that might prick a conscience. It's nice that we have that kind of resource to be able to turn to of Agreed. like, okay, if you're interested in crime podcasts, you should listen to this. And then exactly. someone listens to it and they maybe start to second guess like, oh, maybe 
Maybe I shouldn't support that. So well, it, we're we're and we're and as we know, we've talked about. I mean, the whole culture of life podcast really is is how do you how do we foster a mindset of a culture of life, mm-hmm. and and so this is what this is about because the mindset, the 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 way people approach, you know, this conversation is really governed by you know a mindset. You know, some people believe that this is a right. You know, and and that it's a, it's a it's a form of reproductive uh, techno uh, of of care and all the various terminology they use and the euphemisms they use, but in reality we're talking about a human being with inalienable dignity and rights from the moment of fertilization to the moment of its natural end, and we should do no harm to this child, uh, and so, but the mindset that we're up against doesn't believe that, but this kind of story, as you just said. This crime, that's why I, when I talk about abortion and when I write about it, Colleen, I talk about it as a crime. I speak with the word of violence because there are two lives here and one life has been terminated, mm-hmm. murdered, silenced, all right? Not of its own choice. Someone else in power, in position of authority, in this case, sadly, the child's own mother has decided to take the life of her child. A life has been lost. A life has been killed. And so there's no way to clean that up. That language should not be clean. But what I just said, well, we'll not, if, I, if we tried to put this on YouTube, guess what? Ain't going to happen. We might try. We might how long it'll stay. But the idea is they don't want to hear this. That's why we got to keep doing it. We have to keep you know, finding our ways to get that voice out there. Um, and so uh, what I would be interested in seeing is um, uh, sitting down with people you know, and watching the, the pod series together mm. and see what they feel like on the other side of it. Yeah. Um, and then this is slightly tangential, but also connected. Do you think that there's a connection between Gosnell performing abortions and then his selling drugs? Like, was that just a coincidence that that's what he got caught on? Or it seems to me there's a fundamental not caring about human life that's going on right. there. But what are your thoughts on? I will tell you, uh, I mean, traveling from different parts around the world, Colleen, I've heard the story in, in uh, numbers of times. Of, uh, of local abortionists involved in other criminal activity. So um, I, I was not surprised, you know, and having followed Gosnell for many decades, having been familiar with the stories and, and all the various things that have come out over the years, I was not surprised <clears throat> to learn that there were other issues. And the very fact, well, not only with the drugs and in, in using his license, you know, his medical license, I mean, to, to avail himself to drugs in order to sell, to pimp, out to others uh, uh, is that 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 in itself, you know, that should have caught the eyes long before, and that should have been dealt with before. He should not have ever have had a medical license. But I've heard it. But when you start looking at the fact of the the, the very inadequate medical equipment, you know, the lack of sanita- sanitizing that equipment. I mean, his own medical staff. How could a nurse? How could a uh, you know someone so called in healthcare look at a non-sterilized instrument, a rusty instrument, and you want to tell me this is what you consider to be healthcare with cats all around right. the <laughs> right. So the la- the environment, but but again because of this mindset yeah. and the amount of money and the amount of you know that was happening. I mean, so so I, yes, Colleen, I've heard it sadly, sadly, and I have met you know uh, uh, several abortionists in in my time you know uh, with HLI, and uh, I can tell you. I mean, it's 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 an uncomfortable place to be. What I mean by that is, I'm thinking right now of one gentleman in particular who's now deceased, but just unhappy, 
angry, bitter, um, just uh, unkept. You know, I met him in the latter part of his life. He was still actively performing abortions, but, you know, but in a more limited way, but he was still involved. But it was, you can tell his life, his, he was himself dealing with divorce, a family was broken. I mean, the woundedness that was so visible. And, but in mindset, that's just the way it is, you know? So, but the unhealthiness. Now, whether or not he was engaged in other criminal activity, that I don't know. But, but knowing and meeting that individual and seeing his disposition and, and, the, and the state of his life, mm-hmm. not good. I think it's a good chance to just remind people also that like we should always pray for these people. Like they're dealing with so much sadness and there's so much trauma. And yes, we can stand here and say, yes, they shouldn't be committing abortions. Yes, this is the natural consequences of doing something so fundamentally against human life. But I think that it's very easy sometimes to forget that we need to pray for them, to pray for the conversion of men like Kermit Gosnell, who's serving exactly. the rest of his life. Um, I just, I noticed there was comments on your article about that. And I just really was like, yeah, that's, that's we how we should, should be responding. <laughs> these, are, these are still our brothers and sisters. These are still souls that Christ wishes to redeem and to save. And for them to repent, to turn to the good, turn toward Christ, turn toward away from sin and repent. That's why we don't, we don't stop, you know, and, and that's why many of the people line up, you know, to, in these prayer vigils. Those prayer vigils are not only to, to stand in defense of the, of the life that's in threat and being threatened in an innocent life within the womb, but they're giving witness to the people working there. They're giving witness to the abortionists acting out there. There's opportunity there for, for conversion across the board. And we know the stories. I mean, we, we know it's possible. We know it happens. And we know people who have come from that side of the aisle. We know it. So, we, And I'm with you 100%. And I think it's important, uh, to, to, as gruesome as this can be, as heinous as the crime is, as um, as as and I'll use the word anger here. As angry as it makes me to realize this is being done, you know, to women and to their children uh, and to human life and to families, that I still have to remember that to from my heart to love this person and to really want this person's conversion, not just because I want to end abortion and end the violence of, of crime, but that and I want both. You know, I want everything. I want the whole package. And, and so because guess what? If we can stop this abortionist through their conversion, life is saved. Mm-hmm. That clinic will shut down, all right? Yeah. And then we keep it shut. You and know? sometimes so, the most adamant pro-lifers are the people who used to be on that side and they right. had a major conversion and now they see the evil and they're like, I'm fighting against that. I'm not going to let exactly. that happen. Exactly, exactly. So that's what it has to be. So it's, but we have to keep people aware, mm-hmm. keep it, it, things in the forefront of people's mindset challenge those who are in authority to say that this is unacceptable you know that and as i said earlier about these so-called clinics you know if they're going to be a healthcare institution and offering quote unquote healthcare which this is not all right so i want to make sure no one misquotes me here but i mean the idea of these of these facilities are going to offer any type of quote unquote healthcare then they should be held equally to what every other healthcare institution is held to. And we need to hold our legislators to this, our local medical boards to this. This is unacceptable, you know? And and so, and with that said, keep advancing. You know, people need to be involved. And, and, and look, if you know of an abortion facility in your neighborhood, make your neighborhood know about it. Most of our people, again, could be intentionally to be blind, or they might just completely not know it's there. It's so easy to hide. 
you know, because it doesn't say Planned Parenthood. You know, it might say something completely else, and people don't even know it's there. You know, we need to be aware. I mean, uh, obviously the ones in certain neighborhoods that are labeled Planned Parenthood or their affiliates, they're easy to find. Mm-hmm. But I'm, what I'm thinking about in Maryland was not. That was, you know, it, it, it was local people who knew it was there mm-hmm. that rallied. So we, we need to get involved and we need to, to, to keep, keep in our prayer vigils, keep our 40 days for life going, keep our, our daily vigils happening, you know, keep putting things out there in the media. Keep, you know, uh, and I would say to the doctors, you know, to, to uh, I mean, we all know that, uh, that the doctors in a local community have a lot of, 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 of power and influence upon others in their community. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times we hear that an abortion couldn't work in a certain community because the medical establishment was standing against it. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yeah. Let's do this some more. You know, let's do this. So my point, obviously, is clear, is let's keep going. Let's not forget. Let's learn from what's happened. Let's not repeat this by any means, but let's keep working to close these places down. And, and let's, let's get where every life is loved, every life is protected. Women find the help they really need in their care and their support that are so desperately needed in those very difficult situations where abortion is never the answer, nor should it ever be the answer. But let's get there. Let's keep getting there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Father. And then to all of our listeners who are on YouTube or Rumble, please remember to like, follow, subscribe. Um, And if you're listening on any of our audio platforms, please share with your friends. Um, Keep listening every week for more episodes as they keep coming out. Um, And keep on living the culture of life. Thank you and God bless.